Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes, welcome to Pardon the Intermission. I am Eric. And I am Jason William Shatner impersonation. I don't know why I started talking like that. I just did. I go, you know, I'm going to do something different. And then I just started talking like, I don't know, overdramatic. So anyway. It's like period, period, period. Were yeah. You well, if we were to do Shatner, it would be like, you know, welcome to Pardon the Intermission. That is pretty good. I am Eric. And I am Jason. Damn you! <laughs> I, think, I was almost like a wharf, I think. I know. <laughs> it no, kind of scared me for this a minute. This is Mr. Wharf. I am Wharf, son of Mo. Hey, we hope you're all doing great out yeah. there tonight, yes. today, whatever you're listening right. this morning. You know, exactly. Who so, knows? But we hope everyone is doing great. Yes. You know, it's funny we were bringing that up because we wanted to talk about... Star Trek Picard. Picard, Picard. which just had... Worf, Worf. Yes. on it, right? Yes. All right. What What did you? Now yes. this is so we're right now we're on season three, episode so three. three. Yes. And what did you think, sir? Loved it. Yes. Loved it. First of all, let me just kind of do a broad synopsis of where we're at right now. I'm loving this series. <laughs> I'm loving yes. this. I, I'm, yes. I am hooked. And Terry Madalus, I'm gonna kiss your butt. I love you, man. Terry. Yes. I'm loving this series. It, it and so now <clears throat> getting back to what I thought about um, the the third episode of season three. Okay, <clears throat> so for those of you who haven't seen it, at the risk of spoiling it for you, um, we're now at the point now where we're starting to see some other next generation characters be uh, introduced. So in the second episode, we know, or actually in the first episode, we know that Doctor Crusher and her son Jack uh, were introduced. Second, uh, in the second episode, they made that connection between Crusher and Picard and Jack, and we know that they are uh, that Jack is Picard's son. So we know that towards the end of uh, episode two, we're introduced to Worf, and we last see yes. him cutting off the head of that Ferengi <laughs> and the character- to help uh, uh, what's her name I Rafi. Rafi, that's Rafi. right, to help Rafi, because yes. she gets in a little bit of trouble there. Yeah, because if we recall, in season... And she was under, <clears throat> undercover. Excuse me, yeah. In episode two, she was undercover working for Starfleet Security, trying to figure out uh, why uh, the Starfleet Recruitment Center was destroyed. So now, fast forward to episode three. We now get a full a full introduction of Worf, and I love it. Uh, first of all, Worf was always my favorite character in The Next Generation. Really? Yes, always. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, folks. Now that we have him back. Yeah, yeah. Now that we have him back, it's awesome. I mean, he still looks like the Worf of old, but he's now old Worf, <laughs> if that <laughs> yeah. makes sense. But so yeah. basically where this episode is at now. He doesn't is look that- <clears throat> as hard, though. You right. know, that he looks a little more rounded. Like, you know, when, when I, you know, Worf did progress. He looked a little different from uh, the next generation to yep. Deep, Space Deep Space Nine. Nine much different. And yeah. then, but then now he looks even, he looks a little more rounded. If And yep. what I mean by that is just his features, you know, the Klingon features aren't yep. as harsh right, as exactly. what they have been. Right, exactly. So we know that in this third episode that he's actually helping Rafi uh, figure out who is trying, who is conspiring to uh, topple Starfleet, to bring mm. down Starfleet. And so the episode teeters back and forth between Worf and Rafi trying to figure out who wants to annihilate Starfleet. And then it also goes to Riker and Picard, who are now commanding the Titan, 
Uh, well, uh, Riker is. Riker is, yes. He was named acting captain by uh, Captain um, Shaw, who by was, Captain Shaw, who, who got was injured. mortally wounded. Yeah. Gravely wounded, I should say. He's not dead as of yet, at least that we know of. But at any rate, so yeah, the episode bounces back and forth between Worf helping Rafi figure out who's trying to obliterate Starfleet, and then Riker trying to keep the crew of the Titan well, alive. Yeah, because if you remember in in, uh, <coughs> in episode two, uh, mm-hmm. what's the name? Uh, Va- is it Vatic? Vatic. Her Vatic. name is Vatic. Yeah, and Vatic, the, the captain of the... Uh, spire of the, sh- of the shrink shrink sorry the shrink yeah um, yeah spire where did i get spire i don't know i don't it's a it's a tall triangular building. <laughs> what i'm talking about yeah. anyway uh yes uh she was pursuing basically she was pursuing uh the titan saying listen you need to turn <coughs> over jack yes which is we know now is picard's son you need to turn him yes. over or uh, i'm gonna destroy you i'm gonna take you piece by piece mm-hmm. so then here yeah. we are episode three she's yes. doing that Yes, and we and now what what has me geeked about this, Eric, is that we're now starting to see yet more connections to that extended Star Trek universe that I told about when I was when I was propping this show before mm-hmm. it aired. So what else is exciting about this third episode is that we're starting to see the changelings introduced. Yeah. The now, cha- now I was going to ask you about that. Yes. Now I don't remember were the changelings ever introduced in any of the other series. Yes, they were a focal point of Deep Space Nine during the last four seasons of DS Nine. Okay. So the changelings were were uh, this group of aliens that could change their shape to be anybody. They're or basically anything. liquid. They're in a liquid gelatinous state, and they always have to kind of return to their gelatinous state for an okay. extended period of time in order to survive. But they made up this group of aliens that became diehard villains on Deep Space Nine, known as the Dominion, mm. and the Dominion War started because of the changelings they formed an alliance with the cardassians and the cardassians uh basically <clears throat> i thought you were joking i uh, no, i wasn't because it sounds like kardashians i was like they formed oh. an alliance with kim and uh, maybe they did chloe maybe the kardashians <laughs> are changelings wait i Eric, think they need, are you, they gonna bring them on this show do you are know something gonna, we don't okay i'm sorry to get you off <laughs> it's sorry, all right sorry so at any rate so we again the changelings were a central figure a central character in d space nine as the villains of okay. the, uh, they led the dominion and so now we see them introduced in episode three of season three of Picard. Mm-hmm. Not once, but twice. Two changelings. Yeah. The changeling that Worf and Rafi are chasing down, who they think is human, is actually a changeling. Yeah. And then we find out that the Titan is actually uh, sabotaged by, by a changeling. changeling who looks mm-hmm. like a Federation crew member. Yeah. I was geeked. I'm excited about this. because really? <clears throat> Yes, because the changelings... Uh, the changeling element brought a whole new perspective to Star Trek, especially on Deep Space Nine, because the last four seasons of DS9 were arguably the best really? of that series. See, I, I think, unfortunately, I think I kind of... I'm going to have to go back and wa- rewatch that, because mm-hmm. I did watch it in the beginning, and I can't remember when I kind of fell off of okay. it, you Got know, it. but Got I don't it. remember right. watching the ending at all. I mean, I think it, the right. last couple of seasons, I, I for some reason, I was just disinterested. No, it's all right. Um, but I don't remember why. Could have just been, you know, being young in life, and it I don't know. You know who, knows? <laughs> who knows? Maybe it came on a night I was doing something right. else, exactly. uh, playing a video game. But anyway... Um, so I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch that yeah. to get that. Here's my question: So the changelings, yeah. then they're, you said they're a huge part of Deep Space Nine the last yes. four seasons, and and are yes. they, would, in your opinion, are they what made Deep Space Nine? I mean, made that show in the last four seasons? 
partially, yes. Because they gave uh, a, a great antagonist, uh, uh, was antagonist, right? Antagonist, yes. Uh, to the crew of Deep Space Nine. Yes, partially, yes. That and the genetically bred soldiers they created called the Jem Hadar. It, it basically pumped a lot of action and a lot of life into the mm. storytelling of Deep Space Nine. Okay. And it brought a lot of action-packed scenes or episodes during the last four seasons. And that's why I say seasons five through uh, seasons four through seven of Deep Space Nine are the best. Wow. And actually, it really got better when Worf's character was introduced on Deep Space Nine in the episode The Way of the Warrior, where the Klingons attack Deep Space Nine because they sever their treaty with the Federation. The Klingons want to attack the Cardassians, but because the Cardassians have a peace treaty in place with the Federation, Starfleet is literally stuck between a rock and a hard spot. Do we okay. honor our peace treaty with the Cardassians or with the Klingons? <laughs> okay. They decide to go with the Cardassian treaty. Klingons attack the station, and that was the episode where Worf appeared. Uh, at what, the, what season was it? I thought Worf was on there a lot earlier, though. No, 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 no. He wasn't. Worf made the appearance in the episode The Way of the Warrior. I believe it was in season four. Because I do remember seeing four. Worf on Deep Space Nine, but I, for he some was. reason, I, I always thought he was uh, a lot introduced a lot earlier, like maybe from the beginning of the show. No, no, no. Okay. He, he, I think uh, he didn't make a cameo prior to being a regular on the series, but he he was definitely in um, in seasons four through seven all the way to mm. the end of the series. Okay. Yeah, but so yeah, because they made such a focal uh, antagonist on D-Space Nine, they made it a very exciting series. And so now I'm really excited to see how they're going to be antagonists in Star Trek Picard. Well, so, so basically now they're setting it up because uh, Worf has... Mm-hmm. Uh, he has dealings with these changelings, right? May probably a lot of people don't. In a manner of speaking, okay. So I noticed one Easter egg or one little reference I caught was in uh, this third episode here. He was telling Rafi towards the end of the episode about mm-hmm. the changelings and about yes. the experiences he had with them on Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught it, Eric, but he said, uh, I received some valuable intel about the changelings from another fellow changeling who I consider to be uh, an honorable man and who I served with on D Space Nine. I heard, yeah, I heard him say that, and I, I can't remember who. That was in reference to Rene Albergenois' character, Odo. Oh, Odo. was the chief of security on Deep Space Nine. Yes, yes, yes. And he was a changeling. That's right, that's right. Deep Space Nine ended with the very last episode, What We Leave Behind, and it ended with Odo finally joining the Great Link. And in fact, if you recall, in that, uh, towards the end of that episode of Picard here, of uh, the third episode, Worf actually asks the changeling just before he kills him, when did you leave the Great Link? Because he makes a reference to how after the Dominion War, a group of changelings, a splinter faction of changelings, broke away from the Great Link mm. to still cause some static for the Federation and the Alpha Quadrant. So when they say Great Link, is it kind of uh, is it kind of <laughs> like the uh, uh, oh what's what's the mm. thing I'm thinking of? What is a, a Seven of Nine? Um, the Borg Collective. The Borg. Is it kind of like a Borg Collective it, or actually it is a collective? Okay. Yeah. So the Great Link is where all the changelings come together in their gelatinous state, mind you, and they. They basically form together as one so they can share thoughts, they can share emotions, they can share feelings, they mm. communicate with each other in the Great Link. It's basically how they survive are, are they, each other. When, when they're when they're away from the link, uh, yes. does that what does that do to them? Does that hurt them in any any uh, manner? Do they feel like so disconnected? Is like some like does it kind of warp their their senses or no? When they're okay. away from the Great Link, they don't feel disconnected. In fact, if anything, they feel more connected. But the Changelings do have a strict policy where they don't kill 
any of their own kind. Okay. They'll only harm solids. They won't harm any other change. What about this faction group that broke away? Will they kill them? We'll find out. Because oh, this, is this going to set up something? This is going to set up something because this Splinter faction group that Worf was talking about was not in D Space Nine. So this is something new. This is a new plot twist that we're going to see here, I think, with the shapeshifters and the changelings. Do you think there's a possibility Odo's coming back at no, some point? No, because okay. Rene Aubergenois passed away. Oh, Unfortunately, he, did. He, he died oh. back in he died back in 2018. Oh, so okay. I don't think there is. a That's cha- too bad. That would have been a, that would have been a good storyline. That would have been a great storyline, yeah. un- unless they unless they hire someone else to portray his character. Do they have I, children? Do they? I mean, what I'm saying is that could it be like a, a a child or somehow something of of uh, Odo's character? You know, that got passed on that comes into the play here. Oh, I'm sure if they wanted to whip up something like that, they could. Okay, but to be honest with you, I don't know if they will, and mm. I, I hope they don't try and bring Odo back because of I. It's just hard seeing anybody other than. <laughs> Renee don't CGI him. Come don't on, no, like yeah, right. But so yeah, I don't think they're going to bring Odo back, which is why I think Worf just said, you know, uh, a trusted source who I served mm. with on D Space Nine gave me this valuable information. So, but uh, anyway, yeah, that's kind of the background of the Changelings and why I was so excited to see them. In fact, when I first saw the uh, the Changeling that Worf and Rafi captured, I'm like with my wife sitting on the couch, looking at me in gaze disbelief stomping my feet up and down when I said, it's the Changelings, the Changelings are back, the Changelings <laughs> You knew what back. it was, you yes. knew what it was. I'm like, bring on DS9 okay. now. See, I totally All forgot right. about that, and I, I guess I didn't realize like exactly, I, I mean, I remember Odo's character, I just don't yeah. remember all the backstory and, and all the, you know, yeah. um, so that's very interesting then, and yeah. and that's why I was kind of mm-hmm. just into when when I thought this guy was just like you know uh, Rafi thought that he was uh, uh, kind of uh, what's what's the word he was going through withdrawals because of the drugs and drug stuff, withdrawals right? yeah so I, I was like into that storyline I was like oh okay yeah. that's what the guy's doing and then all of a sudden I see yes. Worf and then they talked about the change links on the ship yes. right and Jack <laughs> here's the other thing Jack yeah. knew what they were. Yes. Jack knew what a change link was, so it's very interesting. It is. So here's the deal. So they set it up now with yes. the uh, with the uh, Vatic and the uh, what's the word of the ship again? Shrink. The shrink. The shrink yeah. or the shriek. I think the sh- it's the shrink. The shrink. Okay. Shrink or something. I guess. A shrink yeah. or shrink. Okay. So the so the Potato basically baton. though they're at this point we know. Listen, there's gonna be spoilers here, folks. Sorry if you don't want any spoilers. Uh, skip ahead a few minutes. <laughs> and we'll talk about our next topic. But <laughs> right. But anyway, um, okay. So they're setting it up where okay Jack knows about him, and I guess Beverly would. Have have to too right uh i assume here's the deal though now yeah. jack they're setting jack up as this arms dealer i mean yeah. he's, he's kind of a man multi-talented right just out of survival mode so he's kind of this arms dealer he's dealt yes. with a lot of different people he's probably dealt with these change links at some point yes you know somewhere along the line maybe they even said that maybe i didn't catch that mm-hmm. um they also have uh uh you said with wharf and all this stuff this is going to be very interesting i'm i'm wondering why they say jack was the key why do you think Jack was the key? Um, because they wanted Jack. Here's the deal, though. They yeah. were playing with the they were playing with the Titan. They didn't seem like they wanted to take it out. I mean, they're obviously Correct. they were obviously trying to push it into that nebula. Into that nebula, yeah. You know what that you know what that neb nebula. You know what I think is that there. Should I should I? It might be a spoiler here. Should I say what at what's at it? Just let it all out. We know we know that Brent Spiner's in this, and yes. he's playing uh, uh, Data's brother, Evil. War. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's in there waiting for Picard. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think he was going to cool. use Jack to get to get him there, but he's already there, right? Right. 
I don't know. Yeah. It's a guess. Maybe. It could be. It's a guess. It could be. We'll have to wait and see what. The I other will say though, were. they had great moments when in the earlier, lighter moments when uh, Riker was captain and he goes, uh, yeah. "Well, I guess you can be my number one, right?" He told Picard right, that, right. <laughs> or exactly. Picard said that to him. I can't remember, but I thought that was funny. Yep. But I'll tell you what. Right at the very end, wow, powerful, powerful. I mean, the dynamic they set up between Riker because. Yep. I knew it was going to happen because it kept, yes. Picard kept pushing, fire, fire on him. You got to attack him, attack him. And then yes. I knew right when he shot those, I go, it's not. And then they had that uh, interdimensional yeah. weapon and they basically, yeah. Right. So, you know, I'm glad you brought that up, Eric, okay. because I remember um, Will Wheaton, who played Wesley Crusher uh, in uh, and off, he, off and on in The Next Generation. Yes. He hosts a show called The Ready Room. Okay. And he had Jonathan Frakes on his show, and he was asking Frakes about the dynamic between Picard and Riker. And Frakes said they wanted, the showrunners wanted the dynamic between Picard and Riker to be more contentious mm. than it ever had been for personal reasons, but also for professional reasons. And the mm. reason why they did that is they wanted to draw a correlation between the fact that while Riker and Picard both respect and revere each other, that there's also this little bit of tension that has always existed between them because they're both so similar in terms of personalities, command style, whatever. And Jonathan Frakes said something in that interview that stood out to me, if I can remember correctly. He said, we wanted to put Riker in the best position to challenge Picard the way that Picard challenged Riker throughout ah, the next generation. And because, and because Picard's character at this point is considered kind of an afterthought, I mean, mm -hmm. he has the rank of admiral, but you saw in this most recent episode where Riker didn't give two cents about the rank. He had that one part where yeah. he said, get off my bridge. Yeah, yeah. That was big. Yeah. I'm like, wow. So what Jonathan Frakes said about that dynamic between Picard and Riker definitely held up in this episode. And I was geeked. I was thrilled about that. I'm like, you tell him, man. Well, you know, it's interesting because they've kind of switched. You're, you're right, and they've kind of switched the roles because you know yep. Picard would always usually be the more level-headed uh, uh, one on the uh, Enterprise, right. you know, as, as far as mostly most times. But now right. that he's got maybe because he's got you know he found out he has a son and everything that mm -hmm. you know he is kind of shattering that whole uh, uh, as far as Picard's character. You know, it's it's making him make rash decisions. Yep. Whereas now, you know. Uh, Riker is kind of the is playing the Picard role yeah. on on the Titan now, um, so it is very very interesting how this is playing out. And another thing too that I just thought about as well is that Riker, we know Riker has a daughter. We know that he's married to Deanna Troy. He yeah. also had a son, and he talked. He he made the in fact the the series that episode. Uh, kind of did a not a foreshadowing scene, but they did a uh, recollection scene where you know it's the scene where Riker and Picard were drinking together at the bar. Yeah, when and the son he was, was talking born. about the birth of his son and how yeah. it almost went nip and tuck there for him a little bit. But we do know that in in Star Trek Picard, Riker's son died. Yes, we just don't know how it happened, but we think that Picard might have something to do with it because mm. in season one there were some references to. Um, you know, Picard being around when Riker's son Thad uh, was killed. And even in season one of Picard, you kind of felt like Riker may have lost a little bit of respect for Picard. And mm. I wonder if it has something to do with the death of his son. So it makes me wonder as we progress through uh, season three here, Eric, if we're also going to see a dynamic, a relationship dynamic involving Picard and Riker's son. And then yeah. maybe he played a role in Riker's son being killed. I don't know. I'm just speculating. Well, I'll tell you what they are. I totally agree with you that that this show is is 
unbelievably awesome so far. It is. And, it's and I even tweeted that. I mean, th- th- yes. this is, I cannot believe, in all honesty, you know, and, and we've we've talked about a lot of shows that have disappointed <clears throat> us on this yes. Uh, podcast. Yes. I mean, finally, finally, there's something, and it took them two seasons. Right. But something that, that's living up to the expectations for the fans. Yes. You know, I mean, it's yes. finally here. I mean, I mean, I, I am just, I cannot wait till next week to see the next I episode. I, I am totally geeked about it. I am. And the best part about it is I can't binge this sucker. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't binge this sucker well, and get through it in four hours. We talked about a couple of podcasts yeah. ago when I was talking about uh, Poker Face, the other show, and <laughs> right, how I was, right, I was right. making that comment that, you know, right. it, it's kind of nice to be able to have a show to look forward to rather right. than just sit there all night and it watch is. it. And then the next day you're like, okay, what am I going to watch? now yeah because i've watched the whole season and i gotta wait two years for the next season you know watching this series so far watching not all of star trek picard but at least the early goings of season three here eric has me recollecting about the next generation and what made me fall in love with TNG yes, and what made yes. so many people fall in love with TNG. We're seeing all these Easter eggs, all these references to not just TNG, but to Voyager, to Deep Space Nine. I'm loving it so far. I hope they keep the momentum going. I have a feeling it's just going to get better from it's here It's the out. character interaction. It's the it's the yeah. writing. It's the you know it's done so well and the drama. It's right, not just right. for drama's sake. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like the stakes. Oh my gosh, the stakes yep. were. so so high on that episode. I mean, the yep. whole thing. It and and you know, and there really wasn't a lull. I mean, there really wasn't a moment uh, to take a breath. And and it it was nice. It was it was it was perfect. I can't wait to see episode four. I will say, I'm very shocked and pleased to know that uh, Worf likes his chamomile tea. I'm excited about that because I like my chamomile teas too. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So Worf and I share yep. something there. Hey, um, also I wanted to go into guess what else uh, came out this week. Oh, gee, let's see. Let me think about it for a minute. Hmm, gee, the what could it be? <laughs> the, yeah, Mandalorian. the Mandalorian season three. So by we got the way. season three, of The Mandalorian. Now I will say uh, yes. you hadn't seen it yet, and I'm not going to no. necessarily give any spoilers, but I will say that um, quick little review. Not bad, sure. you know. Okay. Um, I, I think with Mandalorian, you know, we're all we're not surprised anymore. Yeah. Uh, with him, you know, because we've seen it now. So now it's really. I think this season is going to be the one to really show us what this show is made of, awesome. right? Because yeah. um, we've kind of seen everything that's out there. We've seen what's going on. It's like, all right, we've seen Grogu. We've seen all this. We've seen all that. We know all the stuff. Right. Right. So let's really see what they're going to do with it. Yeah. It looks like in 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 this season they're going to take him back. I mean, it doesn't look like they are are taking him back to Mandalore. He has to okay. get to Mandalore. So, I mean, without spoiling anything, which it really doesn't, essentially he's trying to get back into the uh, Mandalorian, the, the the sect, right? Sure. So, to do that, he has to, because they took his helmet off and they rejected him, now he yep. has to uh, go, he, he's saying that I will go to, because there there is a little... Uh, uh, what is it? Not I'm gonna say not caveat, but there's a loophole yeah. where if he goes now to Mandalore and bathes in the waters of something or other, I can't remember for sure. If he if he if he basically baptizes himself, he says he'll bring proof back to the okay. uh, who's who's the one that was making all the uniforms for him. The uh, uh, it wasn't Bogan. the blacksmith, the the one that was a blacksmith. I can't remember her name, but right. anyway, he she said, you know, he goes, if I do that and I bring you proof, then I can be back in. And yeah. she's all like, yeah, this is the way, you know. Right. And so so anyway, he's trying to get back into there. 
I told it's funny. I turned my wife. And I told her, I go. You know, I think he's better on his own. <laughs> Just stay right? on your own, man. Don't worry about getting back in that groove. Right. Stay you know? with the kid. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> stay with girl. But anyway, it's great. The great the, the new ship that they made last season for him. It works really well. Awesome. They had they had some action. There's some funny stuff in there. I will okay. say some of the co- you know there's some complaints about some of the costumes. Okay. There, some of the aliens are looking kind of car, cartoonish, a little, almost. A little campy? A little campy, okay. yeah. Okay. okay, you know, people are complaining. But, you know, hey, I will I will give them a pass on that. Okay. Uh, you know, with, with Mandalorian, there's, you know, it's funny. People were complaining about the dialogue, too, with this yeah. one. And so um, he does <laughs> go back, and I will say that he, I uh, can't remember Carl Weathers' uh, character, uh, what's Carl Weathers' character's name? Uh, he, he, he goes back anyway. He goes back to the to the city and and he meets up with his character. Yeah, and you know and and, and you know the, like I said, the dialogue is like people are expecting. I don't know what they're expecting Shakespeare, but mm-hmm. you know it really Star Wars. Uh, man, it, it's just a lot of quick snips. There's never been you know any deep dive. Uh, I think really Star Trek does a better job of that. Anyway, I mean, it's always seemed with the, you know, it, as the writing's a little bit better, leans on the writing a little bit more, I think, with the yeah. Star Wars, especially with Mandalorian uh, show, the yeah. Mandalorian show, it's a lot of action and stuff, and it's more more of the action than necessarily the right. the dialogue. So, you know, people complain about that. I don't see it as a big problem. I think it's okay, you know. We'll see how it goes. It'll be interesting to see what your take is. Oh, um, yeah. I'll, I'll be watching when, it tonight, when you probably. watch it since you haven't seen it. Yeah. But you know, there's another interesting just to tie in this real quick to yeah. an, an article that there was an empire. Um, basically, this you know people are wondering what's going on with with Cara Dune. Mm-hmm. What the heck is going on with her character? Oh yeah, we remember her. And people were kind of freaking out that basically they're going to do this thing where it's like they killed her off and they're going to you know just mm-hmm. basically say oh she died somewhere in some galaxy fighting somebody and everything. Right. Well, guess what? The showrunner said you know what she's still alive. She's okay. She's just doing something else right now, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so th- this is sure. This is this is actually. <laughs> I mean, we all know what happened with Gina Carano, right? Yep. And why? Yep. She, and she's she was off the show. Yep. But I'll be honest with you. This kind of th- this kind of gets me excited because, in all honesty, I don't think a lot of I. You know, the way it sounded here, I'll say this. Uh, according to Dave uh, Filoni, right? Yep. He's saying that the the series uh, talking about her character. The series is just simply moving in a in a direction that takes the story away from whatever Cara Dune is up to. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's kind of interesting. I they're kind of leaving leaving her on you know on the side for right now. Yeah, I think it's okay. I do miss her out of the Mandalorian, but yeah. I think it's okay. I'm kind of I'm kind of excited because I'm wondering if this is going to end up leading to her own show. Ah, oh, interesting. It. Potentially, I, I guess it really depends on. How she was such a big fan favorite. They, she was. They cannot. Yeah. I mean, if they were to get rid of her, I mean, they know the outcry. If they were to yeah. completely get rid of her, I'm sure they're kind of like pacifying all the fans by just yeah. saying, "Oh, she's off doing something else right now." Because they right. do make reference in this first episode. They ask about her, and she's like, "Oh, well, she's working for special forces, you know, uh, right. the Rebel Alliance special force or something, you know, off right. doing something." So I'm excited. I'm thinking, you know what? They could really do something. And I think mm-hmm. she could carry her own show, mm-hmm. um, actually, if they wanted to do that. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. What, what was, uh, what, what's her name that, that right now is heading up uh, Lucasfilms? Kathy Kennedy. Okay, Kathy Kennedy. She's still yeah. involved, right? Um, not so much creatively. She's still the head honcho. She, but she kind of stepped back, right? And I think yeah. there's been a lot of stuff between 
uh, Dave Filoni, John Favreau, and her. There's yes. been there, there's been a lot of rumor that there's been some issues. So yeah, Kathleen, with directions of the shows. Right, Kathleen Kennedy actually abdicated most, if not all, of the creative content control to John Favreau and Dave Filoni in regards to uh, final decisions about storylines, plot lines, characters. Now, Kathleen Kennedy still, who is probably one of the most powerful producers in the history of Hollywood. Forgetting the fact that she's a woman, she's just one of the most powerful producers mm. ever. She's worked on some great big projects, but she yeah. uh, she abdicated most of that creative um, ability to Filoni and Favreau because, I mean, quite frankly, they're looking at Star Wars through the, the lens of some fans. Yes. Kathleen Kennedy saw it as just a money grab, which, I mean, mm. that's her job. She's a producer. That's her job to do that, and she has done it well for the most part. But um, as far as I know, Eric, she has very little to no, um, no creative um, voice in regards to writing the scripts. To the direction, to of, the direction of, 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 right. of the characters. Because yep, my, exactly. my point was this, because I, I think in all honesty, it was rumored that she had something to do with mm-hmm. uh, basically Gina Carano's exit. Yeah, I heard off that. of the Mandalorian because of all that stuff that happened on Twitter and blah blah blah, and you know whatever your opinion is on that. And um, so I'm wondering though is that because she was such a fan favorite mm-hmm. that if they could they could bring her back, which it almost seems like you know the way that that Dave is talking about her, you know, it doesn't seem like he's he's uh, 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 basically uh, scratching her off. The, the right. Star Wars, you know, the, the Star Wars, out of the Star Wars universe. It's not like she's just done and gone. Right. I think he's just waiting for a time, and they're waiting, him and John, waiting for a time to bring her back in. Now, maybe on The Mandalorian, and I and I do. I think she could probably pull mm-hmm. a show. Because that, that's the thing. With The Mandalorian, I mean, they have such an opportunity. They can have all these characters, and they can have a couple of shows, even three shows, yeah. and do all this cross <laughs> where these guys kind of intersect in their own. They did that with Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And they did it, you know, when the Mandalorian, of course, the Mandalorian kind of had his own show there from one episode, right? It was kind of the Mandalorian, but okay. But kind of playing devil's advocate here a little sure. bit. Of what happens if what happens if they run the risk where they just muddle down the characters and the storyline too much, where they're creating too many spinoffs and one-offs of some of the popular characters in this series? They run the risk of completely damaging a lot of the fan interest in the show by by doing I don't, it that way. I don't, don't think, think so. And I, I I'll play the other uh, advocate. Uh, I'll play the angel advocate on that and say uh, I don't know. Is there, is there even a term for that? Anyway, no. um, I'll I'll play the other side saying <laughs> okay. that you know I, I think there's enough. If if they could do it, if they had the writers, there's enough story to tell here. I think that you know the man Mandalorian and Grogu are gonna have their own their own show, right? They they have their yeah. own show, so yeah. they have their own journey. Yeah. So I, I think they could do Cara Dune, and they could still have some of the other characters interact with her, mm-hmm. and do their own show. And they could probably still have, a, have uh, if they had enough of a popular character, another mm-hmm. one that came out of it. Yeah. They could do it. I would like watching Bill Burr. What was that character he played uh, uh, in the Mandalorian uh, last season? Yeah. Uh, but the last season came out like three freaking years he ago. He was so he was hard. so good though. His character that he played, where he played it, uh, he used to work for the Empire. Yep. And then you know, and then he he. Became uh, uh, kind of a rebel, but just not really out of choice, but out of just, right. you know, right, exactly. happenstance, I guess. But so. anyway, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of room that they could do it, you know. But then again, you know, on, on the other side, I see what you're saying as far as they have too many shows already. They got like Obi-Wan. They've got all these other shows at different times and different. Yeah. You so, know. Uh, you know, but and, you know, I hope at some point Disney would learn to forgive and forget. 
you know, I, I bring up the cautionary tale of James Gunn, who's now the head of DC. James Gunn mm. had some tweets that he uh, published over five years ago, come back and nip him in the bud. That was one of the reasons why Marvel initially kicked him out of their universe mm. was because of those tweets, but they learned to forgive and forget. And they said, okay, and now granted, James Gunn was very apologetic about his tweets. Gina Carano wasn't. Um, and she criticized Disney. Well, she was though. I disagree. She she did. I, I listened to an interview with her, and she actually okay. did. And she she said that she went to the meetings, and she went to go speak at at the certain the things that they told her to do. She went and hmm. did. Okay. You know, but uh, you know, unfortunately, I think they just didn't like you know her politics overall, yeah. and they were going to get rid of her. And yeah. then you had Pedro Pascal. Let's not forget that said a lot of knuckleheaded stuff too out there. Yep. On the Twitter machine, and mm-hmm. you know he's that'll never happen to him, right? Now. Exactly. I but I'll tell you what, he's walking a tight rope because uh, also isn't Carl Urban kind of filling for uh, the Mandalorian in, in a few spots, uh, different times? I think he did uh, I, because of Pedro Pascal's uh, uh, schedule. Like he could. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I don't think yeah. it's necessarily on the series, but I think it's also like when he maybe in Boba Fett and just some other, and then they're also thinking about using him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, on another series or something where he makes these appearances, but they're not yeah. going to use Pedro Pascal. Yeah, I think you're right. So anyway, point being though is, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. I could, would Disney forgive her? I don't know. I don't know if it's about forgiveness. I mean, I think it's about, you know, let's make some money, have a good show and, and give the fans what they want. I mean, I, I cheer it. Hey, yeah. Hey, also though, and kind of, kind of moving along here cause mm-hmm. we're running over, um, Quickly though, you also had another story about John Favreau and the and the Skywalker. What was uh, what was going on there? Yeah, okay, Skywalker so, trilogy. Yeah, so just real quickly on this one, this is going to make all of us diehard Star Wars fans happy. So apparently, I found a story in Hello. I'm going to reference we got this again, where apparently John Favreau and Dave Filoni are considering erasing uh, the Skywalker trilogy from Star Wars canon. Skywalker trilogy, of course, episodes seven, eight, and nine, which mm-hmm. are regrettably forgettable. <laughs> um, okay, so now, uh, according to YouTuber Overlord DVD, who's that's spoke- a great name, isn't it? Right, that's an awesome name. That's just <laughs> Why a didn't great, I think of that? unreliable source name there. But anyway, according to YouTuber Overlord DVD, who spoke to sources including Hollywood insider Cameron Pasha. Producer Filoni has begun working on a plan to rid the Disney sequel trilogy from the story universe and offer Mm. a rebooted sequel trilogy instead. In an interview with Pasha, he explains that both Favreau and Filoni are rumored to be at the head of this project. Nothing of the sort, of course, has been confirmed publicly by any of the parties involved. So what this means right now, Eric, is take this with a hefty grain of salt. But the old adage goes, where's there's smoke, there's fire. Well, I'll tell you how they you can know. do this real simply. And they did it, and I don't. I know a lot of people, I'm, this is a way, way, way callback, but there was a show called, yeah. TV show called Dallas where they did this, and uh-huh. there, was a, there was a bad guy named JR, and he got shot at the end of one season. And you know how they fixed it the next season? Because JR was shot. He was going to be dead, right? Right. Well, they fixed it by saying, guess what? One of the characters, it was all a dream. One of the characters woke up, and it was a dream. So I think you should have Adam Driver right. wake up, right? <laughs> Kylo Ren w- wakes up in the Jedi, uh, Jedi oh. Temple. And he's like, oh, man, Luke, I just had the craziest dream right now. Okay, you know? but, but is Luke still spry enough to come back and appear in more Star Wars movies? <laughs> well, I, Hamill, I don't know. Um, I, well, they'll CGI him. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Oh, I'm so. sure he'll have no problem with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, oh, hey, that's our cue. That's our cue, guys. Hey, wow. thanks for listening. Uh, as we always ask, please do it. Uh, review the show and subscribe to us. Reviewing helps us out. 
And it also helps uh, Apple or whatever uh, podcast system you're listening on. Uh, also, uh, uh, it helps them. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I lost it. Advocate? <laughs> I don't know. Suggest. It helps right. them suggest it to all. Sorry, it's been a long night. Helps them suggest it to all the uh, all the other uh, uh, podcast listeners out there. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, PTI underscore podcast on Twitter and at Pardon the Intermission on Facebook. Thanks again, everyone. All right, everyone, take care. We'll catch you next time. Peace out. God bless. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.